The following is a presentation of Boston Free Radio and 320 Entertainment. Y'all, this week here on the award-winning Chop Session, we kick off the month of June and our final three episodes of this season with our conversation with the founder of Gus Grip. We're talking with Jen D'Angelo. Good, y'all. It is your man, the indefinable Sterling Golden, back in the building once more. This is The Chop Session, a presentation of Boston Free Radio and 320 Entertainment. And we thank y'all once again for locking in for this award-winning interview series of intimate and thought-provoking conversations with the names you need to know now. And y'all, we kick off the month of June this week and our final three episodes of our next-to-last season with a dope conversation with someone I've been looking forward to chatting up with for quite some time. I first met Jen D'Angelo of Gus Grip last year at a yacht party, and I knew at the time she had a lot to offer this show and a lot to tell y'all about this innovative new product called Gus Grip. And here this week to tell you all about it is Jen D'Angelo. Jen, we appreciate you pulling up this week, love. I see ya. Welcome to the Chop Session. What's good? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Hey, I'm excited to have you here, Chen. You know, it's been a long minute coming because, you know, full disclosure, y'all. Okay, if you follow me on social media at DJ Sterling Golden on Instagram or on TikTok, then you may have seen a little bit of Jen D'Angelo in the past year because we actually met on a yacht somewhere in Boston late last year, you know, made a good connection that evening. I told her that night, hey, We'll get you on the chop session at some point to discuss Gus Grip. I'm sure you heard that a million times that night. But Sterling comes through. You did. Absolutely. You know? And we had a, a blast that night. But now we're here to discuss Gus Grip. And I'm really excited to share this with our listeners this week because with summer upon us, you know, people are going to want to know everything they need to know about how to look and feel their finest the summer season. And there's a reason why Gus Grip is important to that. Okay, now, before we get into your own story, Jen, let's discuss, for those who don't know, what is Gus Grip? Yeah, so it's a line that I've started, and it's actually fitness accessories for us everyday people who like to grind it out. And it started um, actually during COVID. I was riding my Peloton every day. Um, spinning has always been a, one of my favorite exercises. And um, at the time, the business was growing, and I said, where is this accessory? Like, a lot of riders do um, this. They actually put a towel across their handlebar. They wipe their face with it. It goes back on their handlebar. And I was just um, like, why doesn't a product like this exist? And I work in product development in my corporate nine-to-five. So I'm a little bit trained to say, you know, what is the customer's unmet need? And in this case, I was the customer. How big is the market? You know, at the time, Peloton stock was going through the roof. So I knew that there was a large market opportunity. And then can you reach your target audience? So again, there's such a great community for not just Peloton, but just spinning in general. So whether it's at local studios, 
online or with Peloton. So my brain was just a little bit excited to say, wait, there's nothing for this. Um, so I, I kind of just toyed with the idea for a while. Well, I'll say this, you know, considering that this is a show where oftentimes I will ask guests what their time during the global health emergency of 2020 looked like at its height. You know, it's real cool that we got to start off on that note because every guest has had a different story mm-hmm. about how they handled that period. A lot of them, you know, found their creative trajectories during that time. Some creatives became even more creative and found the height of that creativity during an era where things were shut down and they didn't have their usual, you know, outlets to do things. Mm-hmm. And so they found themselves on a higher level than ever as creatives. Yeah. You know, so it's real cool to know that you too, Jen, found that during a time when people, you know, honestly didn't know which end was up. Yeah. You know, because people were told to stay home. And no one knew how to handle that. You know, people working from home and not knowing how to balance that life. Actually, that's a good question for you. For people that were working from home, you know, during that time. Here's Jen D'Angelo. I'm sure also working from home, you have the development of Gus Grip. Your side hustle is product development. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now you got to balance home life amid all of that during a time when nobody knew what tomorrow looked like. Yeah. What was that like for you? Well, I should also add that I had a um, three-month-old. Three so I had just gone back to work post-maternity leave, and then the world kind of shut down. Um, and in a way, it was kind of nice because I like to put a lot on my plate, and I was trying to jump right back into work and to being a great wife, mother, daughter, friend. And when we shut down a little bit, again, I think – as much of a hardship as it was for us, it was also a little bit of a blessing to just say like, slow down. Um, And fitness was always something I wanted to do just to lose weight. But during COVID, it actually evolved where it now it's transformed me where it's like more of a mental need, like I need to check the mental box and get the stress out of me. And then health comes with it, weight loss comes with it. Great. Um, But I was able to just see how important it was for me just to move and clip into that bike. Um, But then it also taught us how much our relationships matter and, um, you know, how work and and the grind and the rat race can sometimes slow down a little bit and, like, remember what your priorities are. So that's what we went through. That's true. You know, I myself can speak to that. You know, I mean – during that time, I found myself organizing a virtual event for the One Somerville Music Venue, which taught me an education on how virtual events can mm-hmm. be even tougher to run than in-person ones. That and as someone who's also a caregiver to his family, yep. you know, when he's not doing this industry shit, you know, it becomes a matter of now you're balancing all of that. And I also discovered during that time that uh, caregiver duties, you know, are starting to overtake the ones that I thought were paramount in my life. And mm-hmm. you get a whole new view of the world when you're faced with that one space in front of you at all times. And this is all you've got to work with. Yeah. You know? So like you, Jen, like everyone worldwide, it was an education. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? And I think we connected on that too when we were talking out at this yacht party about you know caring for our parents and um, wanting to be there for them as they deserve it. But then we also had that stress during COVID of keeping them healthy, you know, and 
That was the cool thing about that yacht party. Okay, I'm going to speak on that just a little bit. The fact that Jen and I managed to connect during that party. Okay, and we were talking off air prior to this broadcast, y'all. And we were talking about how around us, you know, there wasn't too many others we were really connecting with at this yacht party. You know, we just kind of ran into each other on the deck and we ended up just kind of staying in the same pack throughout the night. And mm-hmm. so it became even more fun because we were relating on real life things, talking business, talking life, and also having a blast. Yeah. You know, and I discovered Jen D'Angelo is a pretty fun human being to party with. Thank you. you know? <laughs> I tried. And, uh, which makes it even more fabulous because she knows when to handle business and knows when to, you know, and how to, you know, party with the best and rock with the best, you know. So big ups on that one, you know. And big ups to the friends that we also partied with that evening. We had a great time, you know. But back to Gus Grip and back to the story of De- of Jen D'Angelo, okay. I want to talk more about your story now, Jen. Because yeah. this, after all, is a forum to talk about intimate and thought-provoking conversations with the names you all need to know now. And Jen D'Angelo is one such name this season. So I want to know, like, how did you get involved in the business world? Like, what's your background look like, your story leading into all this? Let's talk, you know, from the ground up about Jen D'Angelo. Yeah, so I always start with the... um the part that my parents immigrated here from Greece. So Gus and Kathy, Psychopatis. And, um, you know, I, I don't say that they live the American dream. I say that they fulfilled an American opportunity. They came here. They worked hard. They were, you know, really just open to their community, to the people around them. And they owned uh, about seven restaurants independently over their career, ranging from American to seafood, always with a, a Greek flair here and there. Um, but that allowed me and shaped me into seeing like true hustle, true commitment to family, to survival, and also just being like good and um, inclusive. So I went to college and, you know, they, I, I almost say they worked so hard. I had like the life of a C-list celebrity. Like I didn't go without, they just, or maybe even a B list, but I traveled. And um, when it was time for me to go to college and get out and work, like my hard work was nothing compared to what I saw them do. You know, they were uh, 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. And sometimes it was 2 p.m. and then or 2 a.m. and they started all over again and um, had to not do vacations or we didn't have dinner at the table every night. But like our love and support was was our foundation and so strong. Um, so that background, again, not knowing it then, but now I've seen how much it shaped me. And no matter where I've been in my career, I've done pharmaceutical sales. I've been mostly in the medical supply space, um, product, global marketing, but um, I've always done it with passion. And I've had my managers and my leaders say that to me is like, you just show up, Jen. And like you, your passion is there and your work ethic. And I I really do attribute that to, um, again, my upbringing and what I I witnessed. Whatever you do, y'all, do it with passion. It separates the greats from the ain'ts. You know, Jan D'Angelo knows this and does this daily. Yeah. Has been doing it since day one. Now, you mentioned worked in the medical field, mm-hmm. you know, for most of your career. And I think that's a natural progression into what you're doing now. But was there ever other any other was there ever any other 
kind of dreams you had or any other aspirations you had growing up, you know, during your days as a child or a teenager that may have been like another dream or something like that before you get into medics? Like, yeah. uh, what was that like for you and what was that dream? I think I've just always wanted to be a part of something big, you know, whether again, like you could look at in the medical space, you know, working for a large company that really is impactful globally, or even how I would look up to musicians and actors and just, you know, if you, if I watch the Grammys or the Oscars, it's like, I'm just in awe. I'm typically crying at, you know, every other speech, but, um, I just like just being a part of something big, contributing to something more. And I have always kind of had this life is short, you know, your relationships matter, your experiences matter. Um, but I think COVID really was that smack in the face for so many of us. And then um, I can get into more of um, with me and, and the company Gus Grip and why um, it was that that reminder of life is short. So um, I had developed a prototype. So I was riding my my Peloton and I said, okay, let me go on Amazon and I just want to get like this terry cloth like accessory. I'll get a bike cover seat. I'll get new shoes. And when I went on, there was nothing for the handlebars. And so out of some pot holders and some baby infant towels I had, I kind of cut it up, stapled it together and put it on my bike. And I was like, oh, this is actually really comfortable. And if it was properly made, I would be able to wash it. And, you know, I designed the product based on my needs. And again, I could see on social as people were posting pictures that others had the same need. Um, but again, I had at the time, it's now summertime. I have a six month old baby. I have a four year old son, you know, we're working through COVID. I was like, I don't have the time, the money. Um, my corporate job was busy. I said, I just, what am I going to do? Am I really going to create a company and invent a product? No. Um, couple months later, I'm still using my prototype. I love it. And, um, my parents haven't always been in the best health, but my dad, who was actually more healthy than my mom, just wasn't that well. And, um, he called me one day and he said, you know, I have an appointment in Boston, but I also have a light fever. So I'll, I'll check it out while I'm up there. And he went from beautiful, sunny August day to showering to, you know, getting in his car driving up to Boston. And then within five weeks, he had, you know, he was not here. And and it was just um, a shock. He was my person, my best friend. We talked four or five times a day just to check in or I'd run a question by him. And um, it just was unexpected. And go through COVID. And then you have you lose someone that's a constant and so special in your life. I was just, you know, amongst many learnings from from that experience, um, I was just thinking life is so short. And um, I wrote my dad's eulogy and I didn't talk about his titles. I didn't talk about his cars he owned, how much money he had. I literally talked about his love and how he affected not only myself and my immediate family, but I had friends of the family saying, my life wouldn't be what it is without your dad. And I, you know, I didn't know this story, but it was just someone said, oh, I worked for him and my daughter had to have heart surgery. And he told me he was going to pay me for the two weeks I was out and to come get dinner for the family every night. So just stories like that, where I was like, that's the person I want to create and continue to be for him. Um, 
and I am, you know, there's, there's so much of us that are alike. And so when I had this idea for the product, I was like, what am I, what do I have to lose? Like, what am I scared of? Life is short. Like, what is someone asks you, Sterling, tell me something interesting about yourself or what are you proud of? What's something you did that was a little bit random throughout your life? Like I, I just decided I want to answer those questions with interesting answers. Um, so I just said, fuck it. I'm going to create this product and I am going to learn, live, succeed, fail. I don't know, but I'm going to have one hell of a story. And I can tell you I'm 365 days into launching and I already have an awesome story. And there it is, y'all right there. You know, that whole idea that you were inspired by wanting to have a story to share, a story to tell, the fact that you want to say you had the life. I mean, I've talked about this many times, you know, living the life you always imagined for yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if it starts with a dope invention like Gus Grip, and then it goes from there, you know. I mean, even the sky has no limit to you, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can go beyond that and keep on moving upward. And by the way, I'll speak on moving upward in case you're just joining us this evening. This is the Chop Session. I am your man, Sterling Golden. This is Boston Free Radio. We are here with Jen D'Angelo, the founder of Gus Grip, as we wind down our next to last season here this week, you know. We talked a little bit about Jen D'Angelo herself, you know, and now let's talk more about Gus Grip, the product, you know. So looking right now at the story of Gus Grip, you know, I'm going to quote actually a little bit from a uh, storyboard here I have about Gus Grip from the official bio. And I'm reading right here that says Gus Grip founder Jen D'Angelo got her first Peloton bike two days after receiving clearance to work postpartum and she was hooked. Jen also recognized that she and so many other riders would place a towel around the handlebars to absorb sweat, provide padding, and a bit of friction. At the time, Jen searched to no avail for a product that satisfied those same needs, so she set out to prototype her own. Now, the cool thing about this thing, Jen, for me, is the fact that you recognize the need for a product that not only yourself but others could get a lot out of, and you filled that void for so many people, not just yourself, but your new customers as well, you know? And a year later, here we are talking about Grip here on the CHOP session, you know? So I want to know, in the, in the past year, yeah. since launching Grip, what have some early reactions been like, you know? I mean, from the positive to whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, just give us your most honest assessments of early reactions to Grip. Absolutely. Well, I won't lie, right? When you an entrepreneur, I think every day, one day you wake up and you're like, this is the best. And then other days you wake up and you're like, what did I do? What am I thinking? Am I going to succeed? Am I not? And, you know, so there's definitely ups and downs. Um, but I always just anchor myself in the fact that one, it's a pretty badass product, like the feedback for from those people who have purchased it and tried it, they love it. They and again, it's not me saying it. I haven't taken it off my bike, Jen, since I bought it. I've had some customers that they bought themselves one. And then every time a family member or a friend gets a Peloton, like this is their, hey, welcome to Peloton gift. So the product is definitely getting amazing feedback. Um, again, my reach is my reach. You know, I'm starting more local Boston, East Coast and using social media. 
But that is something that you grow with time. And same with a brand, right? I wanted my brand to um, represent me, my dad, which it does, the blue, the orange, the grays, the colors, the words, like there's always a little tie back, which I don't, you know, I don't always point it out. But to me, there is that connection. And I wanted it to be about family, relationships, community, but then also like, take that leap of faith, try it, live, you know, ride the bike of life. Yeah. You know, um, so, and so the product's been great, really good feedback, um, have really ingrained myself in some of the fitness community, both online through Peloton. What an amazing family. I tell you, I message take rides with people across the country that are now like friends, you know, and we've never met in person. I hope one day we will. Um, but people have just come out and been so kind and supportive and gone the extra mile just to say, you know what, I want to help you. No other reason. And um, I love to then kind of return that. And when I find opportunities, whether it's through the um, fitness world or even in my own corporate role or personally, I always am just like, okay, if I'm having a day, who am I going to, a good day, who am I going to take with me? You know, or if someone really junior at work reaches out to me and says, hey, I was told that you were someone I should connect with. Um, can I steal 15 minutes of your time? Like I am always like, absolutely. Um, that's another thing I found is helping others. It, there's nothing more rewarding than that. Truth. Yeah. Straight truth on that. You know, nothing better than giving back. Yeah. You know, and you're doing that right now. I hope so. And I are. hope to do it more for sure. You definitely are. You mentioned making good connections within the fitness world. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we just recently had Peter Morell, the American Nutrition Center, here on the Chop Session. You know, and I'll tell you right now, that's one real dope connection to make yes. within the world of fitness. He's a good man. You know, believes in his products. You know, and I'll tell you right now, I couldn't be in better hands, y'all, this season. You know, talking about fitness, you got. The man behind ANC, you have the founder of Gus Grip in here. Yeah, I'm in good hands this season, man. <laughs> you For real, are. You know, you know, but I'll tell you, you know, you talk about those connections. What have been some of the best connections you've made? You know, like the most rewarding ones, the ones that you think were the most integral to what you do, you know, yeah. and give them a shout. Oh, my goodness. Well, first of, oh, my God, there's so many people I'd have to probably go back to and thank. We got but, time. All right. Um so I will say this, that my friends, Josh and Janine Vernon, they are the admin for the Wicked Smart Zone, which is a probably a two to 3,000 person Peloton group on Facebook. And when I first launched, I went through and I, you know, I was already part of some groups, but I actually said, hey, I've launched this product. Can I share it with the group? And Josh said, well, can I call you? <laughs> and so I was like, okay, never shut a door. You know, you always have to just see what will lead you where. And so he called me and said, I, I have this Wicked Smart Zone group. They're, you know, Peloton riders. We do Power Zone. And um, my wife and I are going to this fitness event in Boston. And they also have um, a, a business called Do Wicked Good, where they are spreading good and encouraging people to not only do good, but do wicked good. And they had a table at a Reebok event. It was a launch of the na Nano sneaker. And again, Caitlin from Fifth Wellness, another person who deserves a big shout out. She was running the event. And so he said, well, why don't you come bring Gus Grip? Let me call Caitlin. 
And this was the weekend after I launched the product. So I told my husband, I was like, sorry, honey, you have the kids. Like, I just can't miss this opportunity. Um, and when I tell you they're still by my side a, a year later, um, it's, it's awesome. And then again, like those people throughout the Peloton community, even locally here in Boston, Revd, Bespoke, um, Cycle Bar and Wellesley, Handlebar and Fenway, like these are all studios that have said, hey, we want to help you. And not because they have to, you know, I'm still exploring like what is the perfect fit? Is it the at-home rider? Is it the studio rider? Is it the hotel rider where, you know, there's bikes that are commonly used? I'm exploring what's the best pathway for the business, but I'm telling you like there, it's been so amazing to see just people saying, you know what? I like you. I like your product and let me help. So, so then I would say when I met you, it was about what, three months into the journey for you? Well, maybe yeah, five or six months, maybe. Yeah. 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 You know, and a lot of that whole thing, y'all, if you're a young entrepreneur, a professional, in any industry, okay, that networking situation is integral mm-hmm. to what you do. And this is also important to y'all out there listening. Even if you take a hundred L's on the way up, okay, it's that one W that will set you off, okay, that one W. So if you're taking out a lot of L's growing up there and you're on your journey and you don't seem to be clicking right away, look, that's not any reason to call the call out the day and throw the towel in, okay? Because that one W will set you on your way. Yeah. As Jen D'Angelo discovered with Gus Grip, you know, that one W opened doors. Yeah. You know? Now, I think also another real sign of success will be the day you no longer have to introduce yourself. You know? Yeah. You walk into a room and everyone knows the founder of Gus Grip is here, you know? And they know about your product. They know the success you've had with the product, you know? Yeah. Do you see a day one day when you no longer have to introduce yourself to the room? I'm going to hesitate because I don't want to, I don't want anyone to, I don't need everyone to know me, you know? But I think if I'm in that right space where my work has paid off, that yes, that would be very rewarding. Um, I do have um, some other products up my sleeve. And so Gus Grip will be a brand and not just a standalone product. And we'll see where it evolves to. I'm hoping for, you know, some fitness partnerships. Um, but really, I want to be known as like a business leader, as a marketer, as a, you know, someone who's a mentor to people or a mentee. So I, I think it's more of like, I want to stand for that approachable businesswoman that spreads good and also has business success. That's what I want to be known for. What do you think in the future? You know, when you look at your future as a business developer and business leader, you know, yeah, like without tipping your hand and showing what your deck of cards looks like to those out there who are trying to take notes, you know, what do you see for the future in terms of like ideas you might have in terms of like where do you want to be as a developer? Like what mm-hmm. fields do you want to be in? Like what worlds do you want to take on next? Is fitness going to be, you know, your main forte? Are you branching beyond that? Yeah. You know, like uh, what do you see? Yeah, I definitely see Gus Grip as a fitness accessory line. Again, elevating and enhancing the fitness oper- or fitness process for everyday athletes, right? And um, I feel as though if something is bringing you positivity and energy most of the time, then it's good for your soul. 
And so this whole process has really just been so energizing. I am better at my nine to five. I'm a better wife. I'm a better mom because it's just made me happy. And it's not just like the business part drives me, but it's also, you know, the act, the activity, you know, the actual body in motion, the music, you know, I don't get to go on yachts all the time. <laughs> I have two babies. So, so when I don't, it's I'm in my gym. I've got that music blared up. My husband put some really cool, fun um, track lighting in there for me. And it's just it's as good as as a as a good old night out back in my 20s. And what is on Jen's playlist when she is in the gym? Oh, OK. Can't go wrong with Bieber. <laughs> I love just um, let's see. Uh Oh, it's so funny. I was listening to my, like my music in my car. I wasn't on Spotify. I was just going through my songs and Nelly came on and I was like, oh, and Neo, I was like, oh my God, I need to make like a good old Jen track list. But, um, I, and anything I like, I don't know, electronic music, like you give me some, I, I, I like everything to be honest. It's, um, depends on my mood. This is not a plug for the Sterling Collection playlist, Jill, I swear. Okay, it's not, but hey, it's good for workouts too, you yes. know. But I will say <laughs> that uh, I love the fact that your music tastes very much centered around the two thousands, early twenty tens kind of thing. Is that kind of your time for music? Is that your? I think so. I mean, objective? honestly, like I, I love everything. I can't really say, you know, like I, I will listen to Jay Z and then I'm listening to Fleetwood Mac. Like I am, I am just. It depends on my mood. And I think that's how um, also like at home fitness has evolved because it gives people the option to choose. Like I want to go hard and I have 60 minutes and I'm going to put on some EDM or you know what? I'm injured and I'm going to go do a country tracks, you know, 20 minute ride. So I, I really do. I can't really say there's anything I from a music perspective that I don't like. Like I can appreciate jazz and classical and I can dig that, you know, yeah. I mean, and if you're in the world of fitness and if you are constantly maintaining your your body and your spirit and your mind, you know, music's a big part of that. And the yeah. right soundtrack is a big part of that. Yeah. Speaking of soundtracks, y'all, you know, in case you're just locking in right now, this is the CHOP session. I am your man, Sterling Golden. This is Boston Free Radio. We're here with fabulous Jen D'Angelo, founder of Gus Grip. And I'll tell you right now, she doesn't see too many yachts, but when she does, she's fun to hang with, let me tell you. <laughs> By the way, real quick, next week you're on the CHOP session for one of our final two episodes of the season. We will have actor extraordinaire the independent scene, Ralph A. World, pulling out to tell you all about what he has going on at the end of the coming summer season. Okay, so lock in next week, 6 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time here on Boston Free Radio for Ralph A. World's story. And then more next week about who our season finale is. Well, if you know the lineup already, you know who it is. But, you know, anyway, we're here with Jen D'Angelo of Guest Grip, you know. And as we're approaching summer, Jen, okay, I mentioned earlier on how people are always looking for outlets to up their game fitness-wise because it is summer. They want to hit the beach. They want to hit the parties, things like that, and look and feel their best, yeah. you know. So I want to know, like, What's your t trajectory right now that we're in the warm months? You know, like uh, as your workout increasing, like what's your regime look like looking like right now as we're knocking on the door of summer? 
Well, I will say fitness has always been a work in progress for me. And I, um, again, now that it's more of that mental connection, I really am at the point of just do it, fit it in and do it. And, um, you've, I've never regretted a workout. You know, you never say, Oh, I wish I didn't do that. You're always like, thank God I fit that in. Um, and you know, with summer here, it's like some of the work needs to be done, but just keep, keep doing it. You know, I don't think a season should really dictate, um, creating that healthy habit of feeling good. Um, so that's really been it for me. I, I always used to have this literal weight of saying, oh, I've got to lose weight. I've got to look, I don't like my Greek curves, but now I'm like, you know what? This is Jen and I feel good and I'm going to keep doing things that make me feel that way. And, and luckily that has, I've incorporated fitness and, um, just really trying to just try a mix of it. Right. So I spin, I row strength training. Um, I don't make enough time for yoga and stretching and meditation, but uh, I'm working on it. So work in progress. Okay, voice of dissension here, y'all. There ain't nothing wrong with Greek curves. <laughs> I know. I know. It took me a while I mean, to just say, ain't you know nothing what? wrong with that. Yeah, thank you. Okay. I'm just going to keep it 100 here. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I will say this too. You made a good point about how, you know, a lot of folks tend to view summer as their time to be at peak you know, f- physical condition and fitness where really any time of the year is a time for peak physical condition. I think some people also have this attitude of during certain seasons of the year, they can go ahead and loosen their belt loops and, you know, use the holidays as a reason to just completely, you know, lose all their inhibitions when it comes to their diets and things like that. And then, Go right back to the gym January 1st and start crashing it until a weekend. They give up, you know, and, uh, you know, they just lose all track, you know. But you made a good point about that, you know. I think some people really do tend to try to keep their fitness to certain seasons and then just say fuck it for other seasons, you know. Exactly. Yeah, you know. I mean, so good question here then. You know, later in the year, of course, we have those holidays where – People have the big feasts and things like that and uh, all the different like uh, holiday treats they have in front of them and that kind of thing. You being someone who is profound in fitness, what's your advice to those who believe that they should just say fuck it during those months? How can they maintain them fitness goals during times when most folks don't? Yeah. Um, I almost relate it to like going out and having, you know, a banger of a night. You're just like, I on a know, yacht. On a yacht. But when you're when you're when you don't have responsibilities, like you might be able to have those one or two days to recuperate. I don't have that anymore. Like my daughter at six AM is probably gonna come if she hasn't come in at four AM, like she might be waking me up. So it's like there's a price to pay for kind of falling off track, you know, and it's like, do, is it worth it to be off track for one, two, three, four days or three weeks during the holidays? I mean, I'm definitely no expert. I just now have more awareness of what is, what does that cost me? Like when I'm, when I don't have that discipline, whether it's with food or alcohol or sleep, whatever you want to call, you know, look at it as, Hey, I'm just going to, you know, really get off track then it takes you time to get back on track. And so there's even been times where my husband and I will go out with friends and I'm like, you know, I'm going to pace myself tonight because I have this to accomplish tomorrow. Or I'm going to pace myself because I want to go into my Monday work week on point feeling 100%. 
quick question then speaking of that has there ever been a night out when you just said I am not drinking and you stuck to it when I was pregnant <laughs> I'll take that that counts all right that counts um, yeah, which honestly, like, I, I totally respect people that do. And I, I honestly, um, I love how they're having non-alcoholic drinks and almost breaking that stigma that we have in this country of, like, alcohol equates to fun. Um, when I couldn't drink when I was pregnant for those nine months, I still went out with friends, had the best conversations, the good laughs. And so it's 100% feasible. And um, I, I think, you know, just that excessiveness is something that I've definitely gone, gotten away from. Um, and it, it's piqued my interest. I see new brands coming out with non-alcoholic spritzers. And I know there's non-alcoholic beers. I don't really... Mocktails. Mocktails. Um, so absolutely, to each their own. You know, and I think like that's my biggest takeaway from the brand was, um, you know, I didn't know what to call it. I, w I had this product, I thought there was a need, and I was just like, I, do I call it like a handlebar cover? And um, then I wanted to, you know, do something in my dad's memory. And I said, you know what, Gus kind of has like an athletic, like gym hero tone to it. And then grip, like you have a comfortable grip, a good grip. When you're cycling, you're up, you're down out of the seat. So you, again, so I was like, oh, Gus grip. Um, but the biggest story, like other than t pretty much like telling the world, like I loved my dad and I took all this grief of, of who he was and the loss of him and I put it into the project. So I think I would have been very depressed and, you know, very scarred, but instead I was able to talk about him and dump all of that bad energy into something good. Yeah. Um, and so that's really like be yourself and, and whether it's, like I say to each their own, like that's another part of my brand. It's like I want people to say, hey, who I am, my relationships, how I live life, how I show up for myself and for others. Like that's what is important at the end of the day. I think also, and this is at the risk of people saying that I sound cliched or contrived saying this, but I think it's cool that, you know, the fact that you named this product after your dad, you can almost say that he gets to live on yeah. through this product vicariously. He does. Yeah. Absolutely. He really does. And um, he was just fun and good and uh, just an amazing, amazing person. So I just love that I get to tell that little bit of his story. I mean, he grew up um, actually near Sparta, Greece. So I tell him he was like my Spartan, my Socrates, because he always had so much wisdom and advice. Um, but he grew up in this tiny little village in the center of southern Greece and was able to immigrate to the US live in Stanford, Connecticut, so just outside of Manhattan. And I know like, you know, he'd sometimes laugh at me and be like, Oh, you were out late. And I said, Where do you think I got that gene from? You know, like he and I are very similar in how we live life, our personality. So I know that he lives on through me, but then also through the story of my company. And sometimes people don't get that opportunity. You know, they, they love someone, they lost them and it's like, it's held in and you want to talk about them, but you don't really have a reason. You're like, am I going to upset people? Or are they going to wonder why I'm doing this? So I, I kind of have this opportunity now to say, not only is it a fantastic product, but there's so much behind it. So when you say like, I see the brand evolving, I didn't know, right. When I launched it, where it would go or what Gus group would be. I didn't necessarily think I was like, would it be 
a brand, like what I go into fashion or clothing, what I go into. So it's evolving into a fitness accessory line. You know, the thing too that I was going to mention earlier on, that we were talking at the top of the show about how we were relating last year about our family situations yeah. and you know, respect for our folks and things like that. And I'll tell you what, what I'll tell you what, Jill. One of the cool things about that yacht party was that amid all of this craziness, we're having these wholesome conversations, Jen and I, about family, about our parents and things like that. It was like, oh, let's get another drink, though. About your dad, you know? Yeah. So what about your, you know, it was just really cool because I'll tell you right now, I can speak to this because, you know, my dad, you know, has always been into fitness. To this day, even with his current battles physically, he still maintains peak physical shape for his age, awesome. still works out five days a week, you know, still out there, still doing it, you know, That's great. And growing up. I'll never forget, I was talking to Peter Morell on the show weeks ago from ANC about my dad, you know, how it was not unusual any given day growing up to hear those barbells clanking, the weights hitting the floor, the sweat and the cussing, things like that. He was working out. And, you know, Peter and I were also talking about, you know, things like uh, how he loved wrestling and all that growing up. And I did too as a boy. And my dad did. Mm -hmm. And so... As he worked out, things like that. He had these muscle magazines in the closet that had wrestlers in it, things like that. Like any boy of the 80s, I was a big Hulkamaniac, you know. So when my dad would work out, you know, he'd, be, he'd flex the arms like this and go, I bet you Hulk Hogan can't do this, you know. <laughs> so one morning, we did this thing. I never told the story before, actually. Not even with Peter. Hulk Hogan on TV years and years ago did a thing about this protein shake he'd make for himself, okay? Mm -hmm. That was really out there. It involved whole eggs, shell included, Ew. bananas, <laughs> big scoops of these, a python powder, he called it, you know, protein powder. So my dad decided to make me one just like the one he made on TV. And that included the big scoops of protein powder, okay? okay. And the whole eggshells and the bananas, things like that. Jen, it was like drinking a glass of chalk. Ew. <laughs> Sounds But my great. dad said it was the best thing in the world. Yeah. He yeah. drank it like this. He's like, oh, this isn't bad. How's yours? I'm like, it tastes like chalk. What'd you do? He goes, well, you put in three big scoops of powder. I'm not six foot eight, 300 pounds like yeah. him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a little 10 year old. You know, but my dad, you know, was really into fitness. And he also had an exercise bike as part of his routine. I would jump on during my teens. Yeah. You know, and I'll tell you, you know, I mean, a product like this, Gus Grip, would have spoken to him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's still around, obviously, but he doesn't do the work of the bike no more. But yeah. uh, if it had been around when he was doing the bike and all that, it would have spoken to him. He would have absolutely used a product like this. Yeah. So I talk about Peloton a lot because, again, I was stuck home during COVID and that was the only bike that I had access to. Mm -hmm. And so I fit it and designed it to that bike and then as soon as things opened up i actually found a local manufacturer that does um they're called cut and sew manufacturers they do fabrics they actually do things for the military and they're right here in southern massachusetts so made in usa usa materials i was able to drive there i took apart my peloton handlebars like this is the hustle you don't see right it's like oh she's got a good brand but here i was like you know with different tools trying to get the handlebars and the screen off the peloton so i could take it to the manufacturer um so it fits peloton but what's fantastic is once the world opened up i was able to go out there and see that it fits other bikes so a lot of studio bikes are, are stages brands so as long as there's that u-shape to the handlebars 
it will fit. So stages, echelon, Schwinn, there's some flywheels. So um, it is definitely a universal product for a spin. And um, it's an antimicrobial terry cloth too. I know everyone's kind of got those fears with germs and COVID and so on. Yeah. So share, yeah, shared equipment at gyms and studios. Again, it's kind of like that layer of protection. But it depends on the rider. I get so much different feedback of I love it because it's comfortable. I love it because, again, it's clean and I can wash it. I love it because there's a phone pocket and I, you know, I spin and I need my phone close for whatever reason. Um, but back to your saying, you know, hearing your dad, like, so my parents showed me work, work ethic and love like that was just but the self-care part wasn't always there. And so that's why I always say I'm a work in progress of like incorporating self-care, both mentally and physically into my life. And when you say you would get on your bike when you were young, like I love it. My kids come into our gym in our basement and um, we have a heavyweight bag. So my son puts on the gloves and he punches the bag. And then my daughter will sit on the rower and just, you know, kind of like, and I'm, I just, that too gives me so much excitement to just know that they're seeing me do something good and healthy for me. So that's a, I could relate that to your story with you and your dad. Absolutely. You know, I mean, there's always that flair for fitness, you know, and I think when you come from a family, especially when you have a dad, you know, that dedicated himself to that and still does in spite of his situation, mm -hmm. you know, and if you know, you know, it's an inspirational thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was talking earlier about myself as a boy with my dad and all that. I also had the Hulkamania workout set. That was made for young boys like myself, you yeah. know, who it was a cool introduction to physical fitness, you know, from, I mean, I don't think I ever saw myself lifting and turning Andre the Giant like he did, you know, but I definitely saw myself having an entry point. Yeah. You had like a little cassette tape where he was giving you instructions on the, on the workout. You had like a workout chart, the whole thing. There was barbell, dumbbells, the hand gripper, the mm -hmm. whole bit, you yeah. know, and... It's just cool because when I think back to those days with my dad, watching him work out, I would do my own thing with that tape running. And you have Hogan barking at you, you know, like, don't slow down, brother. The Hulkster's watching you, man. You know, that kind of thing. And that was really like, good. Thanks. And uh, I used to make that part of my morning show, actually. I was told years ago if I could do a whole routine of Hogan reading the daily news, I'd go viral. I'm like, I don't have no voice if I did that every yeah. day, you know. But, uh, you know, I did that. And there's something about, you know, being inspired to keep going physically and mm -hmm. be your best version of yourself. And then I had to get back there because I was 320 pounds 15 years ago of depression weight yeah. through a mentally abusive relationship I was in. Yeah. And getting that weight off, Jen, Okay, you had to rededicate yourself to all those old habits again and then some change your diet completely, the mm -hmm. whole deal, and discipline yourself to stay on it, you know? Yeah. And uh, when I meet folks like yourself or people like Peter Morale of ANC, it's a reminder for me, you know, how people out there dedicate themselves to this life and do cool things like creating the Gus Grip product or run American Nutrition Center or things like that. Remind me that there's good people out there doing good things for others reminding them the importance of their fitness and introducing dope products like this that make it a little bit better for them. And the fact that you created a thing, like I said already, that was not only meant for you, but to give to others as well and fill a void. You know, you invented something. You are an innovator and an inventor. 
you know, which yeah. is really cool, you know. And I'm curious now for our last question here. I ask everyone this, the vision board now, mm-hmm. okay, the rest of the year, the coming year. Everyone, every dope entrepreneur has their vision board worked out for the next two, three years out. Yeah. What does Jen D'Angelo see on the vision board? So definitely have a product launch coming this summer. So, you know, the next product in my line of um, fitness accessories and uh, a partnership. So a large scale partnership to, again, help spread awareness and access to Gus Grip. And um, again, experiences, community, how can I share the good and the positive, you know, through my company and then personally, and then also being a part of the fitness community that I'm in. Very, very cool. Y'all, this has been a dope situation this week here on the Chop Session, talking all things Gus Grip and talking the story of Jen D'Angelo, we appreciate you pulling up this week, you know, and definitely, you know, there may come a day, y'all, some night soon in the future before I'm done with this whole thing at the end of the year where you just might find Jen D'Angelo and Sterling Golden talking family again somewhere over drinks. You never know. Okay, come say hello if you see us, you know. But till then, Jen D'Angelo, we appreciate you pulling up this evening. Here on the chop session. Thank you for having me. Love it. Thank you, Jen D'Angelo, for a dope conversation this week. Now, y'all, as I mentioned here at the top of the show, this is the first of our final three episodes of this season, our next to last season of the chop session. And next week, we have our penultimate season six episode with Ralph A. World. And then on June 19th, in two weeks, for our season six finale. We've got a gentleman who is familiar to the most diehard of fans of the hottest band in the world, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Kiss. Rick Fox may not be a name that rings a bell for a lot of y'all, but in 1973, Rick Fox was a photographer for Kiss at their earliest stages, at the beginning of their 50-year journey, which ends this year with our final 50 shows on the end of the road tour. We'll hear from Rick Fox in two weeks on Boston Free Radio for our season six finale of the Chop Session. Now, y'all, if you have ever slept on a Chop Session episode or locked in late for a Boston Free Radio premiere, say less, we got you. You can stream episodes from seasons one through six on Spotify. You can follow your man, the indefinable Sterling Golden, on social media, on Instagram at DJ Sterling Golden, on Mastodon at Sterling Golden, and on TikTok at DJ Sterling Golden. The Chop Session is a presentation of Boston Free Radio and 320 Entertainment. Until next week, I am your man, Sterling Golden, for the Chop session, and you already know at the end of every episode, I say stop. <laughs>